Coming up Saturday night, Nationwide Arena, the Jackets take on the Boston Bruins, and Rick Nash is going to be the first-ever Blue Jacket to get his jersey in the rafters. So cool, and he joins us now. Hey, Rick, how's it going? Hello, Rick. Good. How are you guys? Good, good. good. It's what an honor this Saturday night. You're in as cool as it is this week. It'll be next month, next year. Think about the decades as time goes on. You're the Gordie Howe of the Blue Jackets. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty humbled. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's one of the things that I definitely thought about was, you know, what my kids, my grandkids. Right. It's, it's an incredible uh, achievement, and I, I'm so humbled by it. Now, I've seen the video where they kind of did a little trick on you to find out. Tell everybody listening, if they haven't seen the video, how you found out you were getting your jersey in the rafters. Yeah, funny enough, I hate uh, I hate surprises, but Touch Rock and the Columbus Blue Jackets pulled a good one on me. They told me they were doing a little Day in the Life uh, episode for ESPN and, and uh, you know, former players that retired and got into the front office. And so, you know, the, the day was going on. I was doing an interview, had the camera following me. And, you know, then he said, Yarmo wants you to go into the room. They got a message from uh, J.P. McConnell, the owner. So I went in and I was standing in the back corner away from the guys I, I felt stupid with a uh camera camera people following me <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go in front of the guys I'm not the star anymore the players are so he kept pushing me in front of the room to go so I could watch this video and I, I told him no stop pushing me I'm not comfortable and then finally <laughs> he got me out there so it was funny and then I watched the video and so many emotions and, and memories came uh came running through my head yeah, was the was the plan for you because uh, you got you had to retire early at a young age because I still think you're in your in your late thirties. Was the plan for you when you were that final year where you were deciding whether you could play or not for health reasons? Was the plan to come back to Columbus and play? Yeah, I sat down with with Yarmo and their management team at the time when I was a free agent, and um, you know we, we had we had something on, done on a handshake. Obviously, it wasn't signed or anything, and. You know, after that, I met with the doctors and, and talked to my family. And, and you know, I was, I was kind of advised that you, you never know how bad the next concussion is going to be. And, you know, I, I feel like I easily could have kept playing and, and going on. But, you know, at that point, I had over 1,000 games and 15 or 16 years yeah. in, in the league. And it, 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 I think my kids just kind of meant more to me at the time. And to be able to go to the park with them and throw a ball with them and, and live a healthy lifestyle was, was more important right. to me at, after playing those years and you know what it, it's it, it's still hard to uh to cope with um you know not leaving on your own terms but um you know it's what you sign up for being a professional athlete hey rick just curious and maybe this pops an idea in your head you know with cte uh you know i've seen like uh, read articles where professional wrestlers say they can't wrestle anymore because of concussions and then they come back and their brain kind of heals 10 years later hey are you curious that you've suffered, you know, brain injuries because of concussions to see like, Hey, I'm 37. Now I've been out of the league. If your brain is healed at all. Yeah. I'm hoping I got out before I had any serious, uh, serious issues. That that was kind of my game plan with, with the doctors. And, um, you know, it wasn't like I played, you know, two years and, and then got my career cut short as for the long-term effects of the, uh, of the brain. I've had all my MRIs. I've had all my checkups and, um, you know, everything, everything's looking healthy, but you know, I think we're just at the beginning stages of learning about concussion and we've come a long way in the last few years. So, you know, it's important that we keep the research up and and keep these athletes and, and people in general protected.
Yeah, Rick Nash is with us. This jersey 61 is going to be retired uh, Saturday night, March the 5th against the Bruins. Tell us about draft day. Rick Nash gets drafted. What were you hearing? Where were you at? Tell us all about when Rick Nash was drafted by the Blue Jackets. Yeah, it was a very, very special day, and the draft was in trouble. About, you know, I remember meeting with Doug McClain and, and the Blue Jackets the night before, and you know, obviously my choice was to come to Columbus. And Doug expressed to me that, that he wanted me to come to Columbus. And I remember the next day we were sitting there with my family up in the stands and a reporter came running up to me about five to ten minutes before the draft started. And he said, you're not going to believe this, but Columbus just swapped picks for the first overall pick. And, and right there, I mean, the butterflies just set in. And and I kind of, that's when I first Columbus, Ohio, as the uh, the first picked overall, and to have it in my my home city, it was uh, it was a memory that I'll never forget. And as a director of player development, now you kind of see it from the other side as well. Yeah, it's it's been fun to see it from this side. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I'm learning is with these relationships with these young kids that are that are trying to pave their way to the NHL is you want to make sure they have their own roadmap and their own. Uh, their own kind of direction. You know, you can help them with your experience, but every experience is, is different. So, you know, you don't want to be one of those guys that, that, that just keep harping on them back in the day when I was doing yeah, it. Yeah. You're just helping them with their roadmap, and I think that's an important thing. Hey, tell us about, you know, you go from Columbus and you get traded. That yeah. was like, you get traded. That's the biggest trade this franchise has ever had. Da, da, you go da, to New da, York. Da, da, da. What a difference. A sp- city, the media <laughs> coverage. I mean, everything changes. Talk wow. about your experience in New York. Yeah, it's a good uh, good question because I, I always planned on spending my whole career in, in Columbus and being a Blue Jacket. Um, you know, I, I love Columbus. I, I never sold my house here. I always knew I was coming back here. I always loved being a Blue Jacket, but um, it was it was pretty special. For me, growing up in Toronto around an original six uh, NHL hockey club and then getting the chance to play in New York um, at MSG, 41 times a year, um, you know, every game is sold out. It's, it was incredible. Just the energy in that city and the life in that city. Um, you know, I, I can honestly say it's, it, it was nice to, uh, to play for original six and get an opportunity like that. Is it tough to adjust as a player here? You know, you have Aaron Portsline and a couple reporters each game, the TV guys, and then you go to New York and then there's Rick Nash in, in a lot of ways that, you know, Rick, you know this, that franchise was struggling a little bit and they kind of thought, you know, hey, Rick Nash comes here, we're going to the Stanley Cup. That's a lot of media presence of and pressure. pressure. Yeah, I, what I tell guys is be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Um, we, we have it very good in Columbus. You know, as a hockey market, you have excited fans. You have people that love to come to Nationwide Arena and have a night out and, and watch their team their team work hard. Um, you know, you get into some other markets and it's, it's a different story. You know, you, you get followed around at malls, you get to get, uh, <laughs> your kids are at school and they're, they're asking your kids why your dad's not playing well or, or whatever it is. I've heard all these stories and Columbus, it seems like we have a great, uh, you know, not only a great town, but great people that, um, you know, are respectful and come over and say hi and ask for a picture, whatever it might be. So, 
when people are looking for bigger markets, I've lived it, and I, and that's what I always tell them is just be careful what you wish for. You know, and so, you've you've kind of seen a transformation because the years you've played here, you've gone through many rebuilds. You know, we're rebuilding, we're starting over, we're bringing in a free agent. Now, as the director of player development, Rick, you know they, you know Seth Jones leaves, they make a trade, they make some moves. Uh, you know, they're they're really young. But boy, this team feels different. They're above 500. You got a super young team. I mean, this rebuild, just record wise, it tells you it's different than before. This team that's on the ice now, man, fun to play, different, new head coach. I mean, it's it's totally different than what we've seen. Yeah, I don't know how how you guys feel, but I just feel like there's a new buzz around. Yeah, here. right. And around and around the city, and, and the games are electric and. You know, in a year where the expectations weren't that high, it's just, um, it, it seems like there's just a different energy around the arena and around this team. And it's exciting, you know, when, when, when you, when you have the same team for a long time and, and the success isn't there. I, I've been through, I've been through rebuilds as a centerpiece. I've been through, you know, starter rebuilds in New York when I got traded away to Boston. It's just something that happens in sports. And I, I try to tell our young guys that it's not personal. It's it's a business, and and you have to you have to look out for yourself in some cases. But at the end of the day, this is a business, and it's a business of winning. And no one's bigger than the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, and we're going to try to we're going to try to win a Stanley Cup. Then there's going to be tough decisions. And you know we're in one of those uh, moments right now in, in a Columbus Blue Jacket era where those decisions are tough, and we're going to lose some players that we love and that've been here for a long time. But again, we we got to do what's best for winning a championship in Columbus. And I, I truly believe we're on the right track with, with last year and what Yarmo did and, and the draft picks we got. So what are we going to see Saturday night? The fans coming out to see number 61 uh, see up tears? in the rafters. Is it a pregame uh, between periods? What kind of ceremony? And uh, I'm sure you'll have family from all over uh, North America there, right? Yeah, yeah, the whole family. Yeah, sure. Coming in and some you know former players. Um, you know, a lot of alumni will be there. I think the doors open at, at five and we're doing a ceremony before at five thirty. Okay, great. We're gonna have okay. a legendary legendary Doug McLean who you know <laughs> we're very thankful for. He started a lot in this city. You know, I think he I think he gets passed over a lot, but what he did for the minor hockey and for the excitement and energy of the blue jackets yeah. he's come in and speak and you know, we, we I, I think we forget sometimes that before John Tortorella, we had a guy named Ken Hitchcock who uh, took us to the playoffs for the first time, and he's going to come in and and uh, and speak as well. So it's going to be it's going to be a great. fun night, and and it's not all about me because you know for our first ever number going in the rafters, I mean, there's been so many people involved in this organization and in this city and the fans, and I'm hoping that everyone can kind of you know have their best Blue Jacket memory when uh, when that when that banner's going up. Hey, so we, uh, I'm sure you know our night guy, Arch, named his kid after you. You know that, right? Yes, I okay. know Arch, yeah. Yep. Uh, now, when it comes to tributes from fans involving Rick Nash, so you got a kid named after you, any, like, full-length bicep tattoos of Rick Nash? Do they have your face on someone's back? <laughs> when it comes to tributes, what have you seen in this city when it comes to Rick Nash? Yeah, I think Arch might still be in the lead. Um, (laughs) Funny enough, I I haven't seen any tattoos, but I remember playing here and always seeing Arch and coming into the uh, the studio. Yeah, you know what a what a great guy, a cool story, and uh, 
I'll, I'll honestly never forget that. I, I think he's he's in first place by by a long shot. Well, we I, we you had know, a I, lot of fun back then. Yeah, we really did. I told you years ago, and I don't know if you remember this, but this is a good story. So my kid's 15 now, but in your heyday, he was learning to uh, potty train. And so he would have like the little toy, you know, the little potty for kids and the big one. And he had this like three-foot doll that he put his Rick Nash jersey on, and then he would yell at the doll Rick Nash, you go potty and make mommy and daddy happy. So you kind of help my kid potty train, Rick. Well, how about that? Uh, well, that's, you know what, I'm going to put that in second place as the biggest honor. <laughs> yeah. You help uh, my kid potty train, but he's 20. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, I, I should maybe try that with my uh, youngest. <laughs> well, you know what? And I'm it's, bringing I'm bringing that kid, that same kid, uh, Saturday night. It's going to be a great time, Great to man. catch up, man. Yeah, thanks so much, Rick. Hey, always nice chatting with you guys. Congratulations. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me and talking CBJ. All right, Beautiful. take care.